0: Welcome back to the supplementary podcast where we dive into all things Copper Sudamericana here on Wilson and Windsor. I keep wanting to say Wilson and Windsor Libertadores, and we're just not Libertadores, are we? I'm glad to say that David Windsor is joining me to dive into a bit of all things Copper Sudamericana as we kicked off the first round of the new look format in the Copper Libertadores' sister tournament this week. Did you catch any of the action this week david winter
1: i was just about to say ollie that if i'd said when you said i'm glad david winter's joining i would have been the biggest football hipster snob if considering we just did a copa libertadores podcast if i ducked out then straight away with the audio still recording and us both on zoom ahead of the scene americano it make me a football hipster and a football snob in the same sequence um did i watch it i saw some flashes ollie but i didn't watch the Copa Sudamericana because I always defer to your superior knowledge on this I watched the podcast you uh created teeing up the tournament and there were so many numbers there that I've got a million questions about the structure of the tournament actually Ollie but but we can come to that in due course if you want.
0: No let's let's dive into the structure because we are still building the brand new structure of the Copa Sudamericana.
1: Sure I, I had this big question and for those of you who haven't watched it or listened to it do go back and check i think it's like six or seven minutes isn't it it's very bite-sized ollie kind of breaking down exactly how the tournament is set up ollie you did so well of explaining the new changes but at the same time it is quite confusing how how it is all set up i have one big question right now we're not at the group stages of the copa sudamericana no when we do get to the group stages there's 32 teams yeah fine there's uh uh but only one team from each group qualifies for the last 16 that's yeah? correct yeah right so and then the other eight sides drop in drop down from the copa libertadores the so third the place sides
0: with. from each group sure. e- the eight groups in the copa libertadores go into the knockout stage yeah
1: my issue was this that's a lot of dead rubbers in the group stages
0: that is exactly what they're saying about the new look Champions League as well, David Windsor, in European football when that comes in in 2024. It is leaving us potentially with a lot of games that may not mean too much. The even bigger worry, if you want to go broader scope with it, is by the quarterfinals, that whole group stage could be completely irrelevant if there's only teams left from the Copa Libertadores in the competition.
1: That's fascinating. <laughs> it's an interesting yeah, one, is re- isn't it? That's really, really interesting. So you'll have eight teams dropping down for the Copa Libertadores. You'll have the eight teams that won the group stages, and there is the possibility of having an entire quarterfinal lineup of sides that drop down from the Libertadores. So everything previous in the Sudamericana was beautiful. Well, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll cross that we'll cross that bridge. Ollie you love football. I Big enjoy.
0: It. I enjoy the game. Yeah, I enjoy the game. yeah.
1: So when you did the maths to figure out there will be 157 that's 157 games played in the Sudamericana this year some people would think that's too much football but you presumably thought get in
0: I thought get in I also thought though at this stage of the tournament we have a lot of football with a lot of teams that a lot of people won't hear about again potentially This is the interesting thing about how it's set up because we're already trimming the fat from the, not to be critical of them, but lesser nations, the nations outside of Brazil and Argentina. We are already cutting out potential dead wood from Venezuela, Peru, Chile, etc. in this first stage before we get to the group stage, which in theory means we're going to have the creme de la creme from those nations then in the group stage joining the not elite clubs obviously because they've been in, there in the Copa Lipsodores but the the next level down from Brazil and Argentina and there are some big sides as I mentioned going into that group stage from there but there, it does mean that there are a lot of games right now which maybe doesn't attract the attention of a European football fan unless they're already invested in the Sud Sudamericana which is why I completely <laughs> understand why people might not have caught the first legs of the first round this week <laughs> what I will say is they miss some entertainment but, you know, some of us are dedicated and try to stay and watch some of them. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I did also think, Oli. I sort of scribbled down domestic tournament before an international competition. Hmm, question mark, and I thought, is that strange? Then, it's not really, is it? Because that's that that's quite standard in football. And even if you think about something like the Champions League, essentially that is a that is an international continental. Competition and prior to that is a bunch of domestic matches. Well, and to determine who gets there, the
0: Copa Libertadores in some of its earlier formats used to have a very similar round of knockout games before we got to the deeper stages of when it was just a knockout tournament. You would have just teams playing against other teams from the same nation. It also makes it quite interesting because you can potentially get some good little rivalries thrown up or some teams that know each other really well. But perhaps it goes better for one team on the continental stage than it does for another. I mean, Makara against Emelec, they've met, I think, 34 times. Emelec have won 21 games domestically. <laughs> Makara <laughs> get a 2-2 draw this week, though, with a last-minute equaliser. So it kind of adds a nice narrative that can be then thrown into turmoil, which makes the Sud Americana fixtures then very interesting because it goes against the grain. So, yeah, it's... um. Sometimes when teams from the same nation play each other in a tournament, it can seem stale because they know each other very well. I just don't think you get that necessarily because you are playing two games to try and get into the important stages of this tournament. So it's still very important for these sides to go out and play well.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think you said on on the pod where you teed up that 13 of the 19 years the trophy's been won by an Argentine or brazilian side. I think something like that you said yeah. in the in the history of the Copa Sudamericana. So Which
0: is still you know, more mentioned... than the Libertadores in that spell. But yeah, it's not by much. The Libertadores has only had four different winners in that time. The Copa Sudamericana oh. has had six different winners. But okay. um the final is rarely you still,
1: you still you still see that dominance though diluted down to the to the to the kind of second competition in South America.
0: And you would expect it to continue with twelve teams in total from Brazil and Argentina going into the group stage of thirty two teams, which leaves just mm. twenty teams. And potentially more obviously if santos and Grêmio go down that's in 14 from brazil and argentina will be going into the group stage making up almost half of the group stage as well so yeah it could be very tipped in the favor of the big two sides i just uh, keep thinking nations.
1: 157 games of football ollie tell for someone that's kind of not as entrenched in the tournament from this round of fixtures Give me a kind of takeaway, a story, a big result that that caught your imagination this week.
0: Okay, so there's a couple of things that have caught my eye Uh, in the plethora of games, 14 games that were played this week, and there still should have been two more with the Uruguayans starting uh, after the international break because of the way their season has been affected by COVID-19. But I want to talk to you today quickly, Windsor, about young teams, underage teams, that you wouldn't expect in their infancy to already be playing on the continental stage. Just out of interest, how many teams do you think that were formed after the year two thousand are playing in the Comi Ball Sudamericana this year.
1: Uh, out of how many sides?
0: Out of twenty-eight teams that played this week. Okay.
1: How many sides were formed after the year two thousand?
0: Yeah. Founded after the year two thousand.
1: Jesus, so just a couple of decades old, and uh, it's funny because you always see South America when I think South when I first thought South American football, you think history, don't you? Yeah. You think, wow, like history of those football clubs. Um, <laughs> I'll be 28 teams. I mean, it can't be many only. I mean, 20 years is not long for a football club to be founded, created and be competing. Let's go with five.
0: Okay, it's more than five, but it's you're close. But it's still, to me, I think this is quite a large number, seven. Seven teams yeah, it's a lot. before the yeah. year 2000. And the youngest of them was founded in 2007. <laughs> so the very youngest side comes from Paraguay, Guareña, mm-hmm. founded in 2016 on March 28th, so it's not even five wow. years old as a football club.
1: Also, a, a chunk of their history, you know, probably 20% of that football club's history was COVID-related, right? So they've probably played 20% of <laughs> yeah. their football matches, Without if not fans. more, with no fans, yeah. <laughs> So they're probably used to it.
0: Yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. And and Lacky Dad uh, are only 38 years old. They're the next youngest side in the competition at the moment, the Colombians. So there's three from Venezuela, Metropolitanos, uh, Puerto Cabello and Aragua, uh, who were formed in 2011-2011-2007. Sport Huancayo in 2008 from Peru. Uh, Guareña, as I say, in 2016. Guayaquil City from Ecuador in 2007. And Atletico Pamaflor in 2008 from Bolivia. So we've got some real young teams that are out making history for themselves in this competition at the moment. And some of them are going to go through after the results this week.
1: That is a spectacular array of football clubs that I haven't heard of as well. I know. It's, That's amazing. Guayaquil
0: City just sounds so much like the millennial football team. Oh, we're from Guayaquil, Oh, similar to Man City, yeah, forget it, Guayaquil City, we'll do that, yeah, same as like New York City FC and things like that.
1: Sure, sure, maybe they're the next branch of the franchise. Exactly,
0: you've got to find some uh, routes to start stabilising your, your youth policy in <laughs> South America. The other one I wanted to bring to your attention this week were, was the drama. So we had 14 games this week, six of them, the results were decided by goals in the last 15 minutes. Nice. Either draws or victories were stolen in the last 15 minutes this week. So whether you know the teams or not, there's Mm. been a lot of action. I think we've had four sendings off this week. Plethora of late goals to decide ties. And nobody is really through except for Deportes Tolima that took a 3-0 victory uh, in their first leg. The Colombians against Deportivo Cali. And they were very good. And both of those sides are two sides that you would expect to go fairly deep in the combo at Americana. Probably the best tie of the round. Macara against Emelec, another one. Emelec have got a lot of prowess in the continent. Uh, held to a two-two draw, though, after Macara scored a late equaliser in the 89th minute. So, yeah, there's some tasty ties to keep an eye on going into the second legs, and the Uruguayan still to get involved as well.
1: Hearing about you, hearing you talk about these, some of these football clubs that are, are pretty nichey, coupled with the moustache that you're currently sporting. <laughs> Just tease up it really does tee up the the football football mad hipster image. Beautifully. Um okay, well I'm learning something. I think it's good.
0: Well, if you want to learn more, Windsor, get on to watching the South American football, get on to Will Pod on Twitter and on Instagram, get on to at David T. Windsor and get start tweeting like you have done for the last few years manically about all things South American football and get on to O underscore J underscore Wilson to keep a track of the rest of the action as well. And we'll be back next time on another supplementary podcast.